And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. Who's that strange-looking man behind you? That's Carl. I'm at him at the laundry, man. Detective Agency. Sam, sweetheart. I don't know what to do, Rabbi. Every night he listens to the radio. I can't keep him away. The Lone Ranger, uh, the Shadow, the Master Avenger. Uh, this is not good. It tends to induce bad values, false dreams, lazy habits. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Guys! 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 Fellas, think we could listen to the radio or something? Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the vivacious Lisa Wolf. In this hour, James Stewart stars as slow-talking maverick Britt Ponsett, on a Western adventure of The Six Shooter from 1953. But first, it's TV Jeopardy! Lisa Wolf Trebek will play audio clips from popular TV shows. I'll try to name the shows while you play along at home. Right, Lisa? That's right, Carl. We're going to shake things up a little bit today. I know you don't like to change anything ever. No. But If something's working, just leave it alone. Right. I get bored. I like to shake things up. Mm. So... A slight change. Our TV Jeopardy is all going to be TV theme songs today. Okay, TV theme songs. So okay. rather than a clip of okay. the show, you'll hear the theme song to the show. Prevagen, hang on. You a start popping your pills mm-hmm. over there. That's dangerous, Carl. <sighs> yeah, there we okay, go. Gonna, now I'm going to nope. be able to all right. guess all these. All right, here is your first TV theme song. I know it. I think you'll know all of these. So catchy, right? Yep. And I one know of it. your favorite shows. This might be in my top five. I know that you love it. So this. this is definitely The Office. It is definitely The Office. And uh, where are they working? Dunder what? Mifflin. Dunder Mifflin Paper Company. That's yeah. right. Aired on NBC from 2005 to 2013. And I'm wow. still watching it in syndication yeah, today. It's just that so great. funny. All right. Good start. Mm hmm. Here's your next TV theme song. All very recognizable. That's why I chose them. I know it. I know you do. I think you'll know all of these. Really? I'm not here to fool you. Not yet. Later on. Not All right, yet. so that's definitely Get Smart. Get Smart. You're telling me I need to get smart? Yeah, yeah so yeah. had its TV... Take some Prevagen, that'll <laughs> get you right, smart. That's right, that'll help. Had its TV premiere on NBC in 1965. John Adams. That's right, ended its five-season run in 1970. Yeah, and then there was a movie yep. that had Steve Carell, who that's starred right. in The Office. That's right. That's uh-huh. exactly right. That's right. Anne it was Hathaway. a slightly different theme yeah. song for the movie. I had to be careful. Yeah. This is definitely the television Anne theme Hathaway song. was his co-star in that movie. She's great. Yeah. Ready? All right. Here you go. It seems today that all you see is violence in movies and sex on TV. But where are those good old-fashioned values on which we used to rely? I know that one. I know you do. I think I know that I one. I think you know all of these. I think that's... 
The Simpsons. Bzz. Wrong? Wait a minute. You got confused. It's I not gave the you Simpsons? too much credit. Oh, wait. No, it's not The Simpsons. <laughs> That's uh, Family Guy, I mean. Yeah, but you don't get oh, it. Oh, shoot. That's Family Guy. Uh, Come on, by Seth MacFarlane for the uh, Fox, Fox Broadcasting what did I say? Company. The Simpsons? You did. The yeah. Simpsons. Oh, I debuted wow. in 1999. Darn. And Fox announced that the series has been renewed for seasons 22 and 23, yeah. which takes the show through 20. Well, it's one of the cleverest shows on television, that's for sure. you got confused. All right, well. All right, Uh. moving along. I bet we've been together for a million years. I'm not going to know this. Really? And I bet we'll be together Well, you know the show, but you're just not Um, placing it. Something something popped into my head. Okay. I'm going to, it could be wrong. Could be. I'm going to say, is it Family Ties? It is. Oh, man. Family Ties. It aired on NBC for seven seasons, premiering in 1982, and it's created by Um, Gary David Goldberg. Okay. And now we've got Michael J. Fox and uh, Michael Gross and Meredith Baxter. I saw a taping of that. Years oh, and years wow. ago, I, I actually loved this show. saw a taping, stood Back in, in line, you know, wow. stood in line, had no pull at all at that time. Oh, but you do now. I <laughs> gotcha. I mean, I can get into those shows <laughs> oh, now. Oh, sure, no problem. But back then, I just stood in line. And, like the, uh, you know, the normal right, humans. Just like the, the, the other uh, Joneses. <laughs> and got in and saw it. It was that great. That sounds fun. Mm-hmm. I've never actually been it's to a cool taping to see of a it. show. Yeah. All right. I guess if I had pulled, maybe uh, I would be able yeah, to do that. Yeah, well. Too bad. You don't, so. <laughs> <laughs> too bad I know my place. <laughs> uh, okay, here's your next show. I know it. So that's Hogan's Heroes. Hogan's Heroes is right. Uh, that yeah. ran for six seasons from 65 to 71 on CBS. Bob Crane Bob starred Crane. as Colonel Robert E. Hogan. Yeah. I did not like that show, but I did really? watch it. I it know was, nothing. I, I know. I, nothing. I, my brothers watched it, so I watched it, but yeah. I never enjoyed it. I, I really didn't watch it much either, to tell yeah, you the truth. It wasn't, yeah. wasn't my favorite, but it was highly popular. Here is your last TV mm-hmm. theme song. All the world's waiting for you. And it gives it away. Oh, I oh yeah, got it. Okay, oh man. Well, for a second there, I didn't get it for a second. That's 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 um Linda Carter, uh, Wonder Woman. Right. I mean, they just said it. Well, and, you know, I know, but I got the it. Tights I got the red, it white, and blue. Before. That's exactly right. Wonder Woman, based on the DC yeah. comics, comic book, starring, of course, Linda Carter as Wonder Woman. Fantastic! It aired for uh, three seasons, seventy-five to seventy-nine. Yeah, I was it did tran- great. I was transfixed watching that show. Yeah, I bet you were. A, <laughs> I think everybody a, else was too. As a pimply, pimply teenager. Everybody else transfixed. Was. <laughs> All right, more of Hollywood three sixty after this short break. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. 
And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. All right, it's time for our first presentation. It's The Six Shooter, Great Western. Came to radio in 1953, starring a very big movie star, James Stewart. He played Britt Ponsett, frontier drifter and all-around good guy. Ponsett carried a gray steel six-gun and an unmarked rainbow mother-of-pearl handle. People called them both The Six Shooter. Stewart was perfect as the slow-talking maverick who found himself embroiled in other people's problems and sometimes had to shoot his way out, Lisa. It was a great Western. Came too late, though, in radio's life and only lasted one season. If this would have came to radio like in the 40s, it would have been on the air a long, long time. This, uh, this first one is called Sheriff Bill Riddle, and it's from November 29, 1953. Here's James Stewart in part one. Of the six shooter. Jane Stewart as the six shooter. The man in the saddle is angular and long legged. His skin is sun dyed brown. The gun in his holster is gray steel and rainbow mother of pearl, its handle unmarked. People call them both the six shooter. The NBC Radio Network presents James Stewart as The Six Shooter, a transcribed series of radio dramas based on the life of Britt Ponsett, the Texas plainsman who wandered through the Western territories, leaving behind a trail of still-remembered legends. The snow was beginning to melt by the time I reached Dawson. You could hear it dripping from the eaves, hitting the boardwalk along Main Street. I'd figured on being in town a couple of days earlier, but that storm sort of threw me off schedule. Not that I had to be there any particular day, but my winter job at Dave Engelman's ranch would be waiting for me whenever I showed up. But the sooner I got to Dave's, the sooner we could start moving his herd down to lower grounds. So, Oscar, oh. Oh, boy. Well, I... Almost noon, so I tied Scar to the hitching rail in front of Brick Vining's gambling hall and went hunting a place to eat. The town was sort of showing a little wear and tear. Of course, Dawson never had been a rich place, and I guess the drought last summer hadn't helped much. Folks just didn't have the money for improving the real estate, that's all. Except the jail. Huh. Gee, for, for a minute I couldn't believe my eyes. Well, it was all fixed up. Fresh green paint on the outside, new wooden steps leading up to the front door. Real honest-to-goodness bars in the cell windows. I sure was a different jail, all right. But the face grinning out at me from behind those cast-iron bars, well, <laughs> that face hadn't changed a bit since the last time I was in Dawson. Howdy, Brett. Hello, Mel. <laughs> I heard you was coming to town. Dave Engelman said you signed up with him. Yeah, that's right. You, uh, you in for something, Mel? Oh, <laughs> there's a little ruckus over at Brick Vining's place last night. Some folks said I started it. Uh-huh. Mm. 
Reckon they're right. You do. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, seems to me like you were in jail when I left Dawson a couple of years back. Is oh. that? Uh, Was it uh, Saturday night or Sunday morning? Uh, could have been. Could have been. I don't remember exactly. Well, if it was a Saturday night or Sunday morning, like as not, I was here. I ain't missed being thrown in more than two Saturday nights since they first built a place. Mm-hmm. Well, at least you're living in style. Hi, George, this jail looks a lot fancier than it used to be. Yes, yeah. New sheriff fixed it all up. New sheriff, huh? Sure. Oh, you heard about Saul Gordon being killed, didn't you? No. No, well, what happened? Oh, well, it happened, oh, maybe a couple of months ago. And, well, come on inside and have a look around while I tell you about it. Well, I don't know about that, Melcher. Maybe the new sheriff wouldn't oh, care about it. Oh, Sheriff Billy wouldn't mind. He'd like you to pay us a visit. Now, come on, come on, Brett. The front door's unlocked. Well, all right, all right. <laughs> That's some desk, ain't it? Solid mahogany. He had it shipped here all the way from Frisco. Is that so? Mm-hmm. He paid for it out of his own pocket, too, Billy did. Town couldn't afford a desk like that. Oh, no, no. I don't suppose it could. Well, what about Saul? What, what what happened to him? Well, like I said, it was around two months ago. The Baxter brothers had been seen heading this way from White Eagle. When Sheriff Gordon heard about it, he, well, he got some men together and started looking for them. Mm-hmm. Young Billy hadn't been in town very long. He wasn't obliged to join the posse, but he went anyway. Billy Riddle. Uh, that's his name, Britt. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a very big posse, and when one of them Baxter shot the sheriff, well, that'd have been the end of it. If Billy hadn't have took charge. Why, he managed to get off a couple of shots, and the next thing you know, both of them Baxter boys surrendered. <laughs> so when Billy came back to town, well, nobody else was very anxious for the job of sheriff, so he seemed to be the logical man for it. You know, the way he handled the posse and all. Sure, sure. Of course, sure. some of the folks thought he was a little young for the job. Well, can't be more than 22 or 23, but he's got a good, firm grip on himself. He does. Huh? Oh. oh, he ought to be showing up about now. He always turns me loose in time from a Sunday dinner. Real nice young fella. You'll like him. Mm. A southern boy. Oh? Yeah, I don't know why he came out west exactly. Good thing for the town he did, though. Oh, howdy, Sheriff, howdy. Oh, we're just talking about you. This here is Britt, uh, Britt Ponson. Ponce? Oh, that's right. You've heard of him, ain't you? He's six-shooter. Oh, sure, sure. Pleased to meet you, Mr. Ponce. Howdy, Sheriff. I, uh, just strolling by and Milt asked me to come inside. Glad you did. Well, Milt, I reckon you'd like to be on your way. Oh, I don't know, Sheriff. This jail's getting to be a darn sight more comfortable than my cabin. What, with all your improvements? Well, if you want to stay... Oh, why... one second thought I, I'd better be getting home now. Th- thanks, thanks for the hospitality anyway. <laughs> Don't mention it. Uh, uh, you heading my direction, Brad? Uh, well, I'd, if... I've, uh... You don't mind, Mr. Ponsett. I'd like to talk to you. Just for a couple of minutes. Sure, sure. Well, so long, then. See you next Saturday, sure. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> Goodbye, Mel. <laughs> uh... I trust I'm not keeping you from anything, sir. No, no, no. I was just thinking about eating a little dinner, maybe, if there's a cafe open. Old Cotton serves a pretty good meal on Sunday. That's Cotton all? White, yeah. His place is right around the corner. Fine, fine. Well, I'll give that a try. You, you wouldn't care to join me, would you? We could talk while we're eating. 
That is, if you don't have any other plans. Oh, thanks, Mr. Ponsett. I'd like to join you. You see, I'd been hoping you'd turn up in Dawson. George, right? That sure was a nice tender pot roast, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, but oh, I ate too much, though. Oh. Uh-huh. My belt's cutting into me like a cinch here. Wait a minute. What was it you had in your mind, Billy? My name's Riddle, Mr. Ponson. Bill Riddle. Uh-huh, yeah. Mel told me. Uh, the name doesn't mean anything to you? No, no, not offhand. I heard a lot about you, Mr. Ponson, since I came to Dawson. Folks say you've traveled a lot around this part of the country. Covered it all from one end to the other. Boy, I've done my share of moving about. Uh, what I wanted to know was if you ever ran into anybody else with the same last name as me. Riddle? Blake Riddle. That's the full name. Uh, relative? My father. Oh. Oh. It's not a very common name. If you heard it, you'd be likely to remember it. Yes, yes. Here's your pie, Chef. But watch that plate, though. It's hot. Thanks, God. No, no, I don't think I ever heard that name before. Well, I, I wanted to be sure. Was your your father in these parts? Uh, I don't know. I know he was once. Uh, not here in Dawson, but somewhere in this territory. Mm-hmm. You haven't heard from him lately? No. No, I've never heard from him. Oh. Fact of the matter is, I, I've never even seen him. You see, he brought my mother out west here before I was born. Wasn't the kind of life she'd been used to. She was born and raised in the south. Family had a plantation. I see. In those days, the frontier must have been pretty wild. Anyway, when it came time for me to be born, she went back home. And your father didn't go with her? No. Uh-huh. Maybe they had a quarrel. Maybe he didn't like her leaving him. I, I don't know. Uh-huh. Later on, she she told me he was dead. But I found out that wasn't true. At least it wasn't true when she told me. Oh? Anyhow, Mother died last year. In her things was a letter from Dad. It had been mailed from Denver about 15 years ago. Said he was going to buy a ranch somewhere around Phoenix. He asked Mother to bring me along and meet him. From the way it was written, you could kind of tell he didn't expect her to come. Yeah, yeah. Well, some folks don't bear up very well when they're transplanted, you know. They take root in one place, and there's no point in trying to move. Yeah, I reckon they just weren't suited. But now, well, I thought maybe if Dad was still alive, I thought maybe he and I... Tell you the truth, Mr. Ponson, I guess I'm his son, even though I never saw him. More his than Mother's. I see. And ever since I can remember, I've wanted to come west, even before I knew about him. And I've been happy out here, too, happier than I've ever been in my life. Of course, I didn't figure on being sheriff. That was uh, just an accident. Well, be that as it may, you're the sheriff, and Milt says you're a darn good one, so you've at least got one satisfied customer. (laughs) I'm going to try, Mr. Ponson. I'm going to try hard. I just wish that Dad... Well, if you should ever run into him, why... Sure, sure. What, what the Sam Hill's that? Sounds like somebody's getting frisked. There he goes, Sheriff. 
Oh, about the mercantile? Yeah. <laughs> oh, he ain't do no harm. He's just shooting up in the air that way. He ain't do no good either. Looks like he's running out of lead there. Yes, yes, there he goes, into Brick Vining's place. Hey, put the dinners on my bill, Cotton. I'll pay you for them later. Sure, Sheriff. Well, hold up a minute, Billy. Yeah? Hey, uh, didn't you recognize that fellow, the one's doing the shooting? What? No. Why should I? Well, his name's Ben Reed. Reed? You sure, Mr. Ponsett? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I, I thought he was in jail over at Fort Lyon. I thought the marshal arrested him last month. Well, Ben Reed's been in a lot of jails, but he always sort of manages to break out somehow, you know. He won't break out of mine. You gonna arrest him, Sheriff? He's an outlaw, ain't he? Why, sure, sure, but he's mighty fast with the guns. At least so I hear. Hey, ain't that right, Mr. Ponsett? Yeah, yeah, that's what folks say. Well, I guess there's only one way to find out. Very dramatic music there on The Sixth Shooter, James Stewart, starring as uh, Britt Ponsett, November 29th, 1953, NBC broadcast. We will get back to it in a moment. You know, uh, Lisa, there's not a week that goes by that we don't hear from our listeners saying, oh, gosh, we love the show. We love hearing all these classic radio programs, but our station only carries two hours or it only carries three hours. And so, um, you know, what we would suggest you do, folks, if you're in a market across the country that doesn't carry the full five-hour program that we do here, call your station. They, uh, they often will add hours to their, um, to their broadcasting of this show. That has happened many, many times. But if you, um, if you cannot get them to do that, you can always subscribe to our podcast. We send it to you, the full five-hour show. Every Monday. So we're doing the show live right now. It's Saturday night. And by Monday, we will send you the full show that, we're, that we broadcast on Saturday. Right, Lisa? Right, Carl. Just go to Hollywood360radio.com. Hollywood360radio.com to sign up. It's right there at the top of the website. We hope you'll do it. And we really appreciate your support. Um, get the show sent to you via email every Monday. We'll be back with more of the Six Shooters. Stick around. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, Sam Spade, Burns and Allen, Have Gun, Will Travel, Gangbusters, and Sherlock Holmes, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Carl Amari and I co host. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. This is Hollywood 360 across hundreds of radio stations across the country. And we're heard on American Forces Radio in 168 countries. We're heard globally, Lisa. Your voice is global. 
Did you know that? I was always meant to be global, Carl. You are global. (laughs) And, um, you know, getting back to what we were talking about before the break, the podcast, the Hollywood 360 podcast, don't forget you not only get the full five-hour Hollywood 360 show on a link that never expires, so you can listen to it anytime you want, but you also receive a Radio Rarities uh, podcast. Lisa and I co-host a podcast called Radio Rarities. Mike Bubblebath Costella is the executive producer. Does a, just a great job producing that. Mike, kudos to you. And um, Carl Shadow writes it. He's amazing, too. You, eh, eh, yes, I eh, know. Yeah, I, I try yeah. my best. I'm, I'm pretty darn good on it. I still, still you, keep working. Eh. You yeah, know, there's know. room for improvement in everything. You know really? what I'm saying, Lisa? Okay. Uh, I'm not saying for you. I'm oh, just no, saying not there's for room me. You for, mean you're talking about you? Yeah, room for improvement for you. Because I'm sure you're pretty perfect for on you. the podcast. For you. For anyway, you. Um, anyway, this podcast is really cool because Lisa and I take a classic radio show that is very rare. And I mean, I'm not talking about cooked rare because that's how I like my steak. Do you? Yeah, I like it. Like medium bloody? rare. A little bit bloody. Ooh. Yeah. Um, but like a rare or unique radio show. Maybe it's the War of the Worlds or the only Lucille Ball I Love Lucy radio show, or maybe it's um, when Jackie Gleason took over for William Bendix on one episode of the radio Adventures of Riley, The Life of Riley. You know, things like that. There was a Philip Marlowe episode that had William Conrad playing Philip Marlowe instead of Gerald Moore. Maybe it's the first episode of a series or an audition for a series. So we have like literally hundreds of radio shows that would be defined as a rare or unique show. And Carl Shadow, who is just one of the smartest guys there is about these radio shows, he takes that show and listens to it, breaks it all down, goes to the Library of Congress looks at all these reference materials. I mean, he really does research and gives us a script that is uh, that makes us sound really smart. That's true. You know, we sound really, really smart on that well, show. Well, one of us is smart. Yeah, that's true. It's the male Just version. The one of us. The one the one, the one that has shorter the one. hair. The one. <laughs> and, and so anyway, we break it all down with this whole team. We got a great team that puts this show together. And um, then we play the show. We talk all about the history and why it's, Unique and rare, and then we play the show. And then we wrap it up. Yeah. And we give you a little bit more information and talk about the show. So it really is a whole full experience. Yeah, and And then we tease what's coming up next. Well, you tease all the time, no matter what. But in any event, these are shows that you really wouldn't hear anywhere else. Yeah. Um, And so not only will you hear them, you'll understand them, you'll understand the references, and it will mean more to you because we've set it up and educated you prior and post show. Yeah. And so two things I want to say about Radio Rarities. You get the show sent to you with Hollywood 360 when you subscribe to Hollywood 360 at Hollywood360radio.com. Just go there, subscribe. And we tack a show because we do a new one every single week. It's like a 40 minute show. We tack that on to Hollywood 360 and send it to you as part of the podcast. But you can actually hear Radio Rarities without subscribing if you're not a subscriber just search for it so go on your computer and search radio rarities it'll pop up you can hear it at iheart or uh, google or apple or i or you know acast spotify it's available everywhere in the world it's free there's no cost 
to listen to Radio Rarities. And as I said, we, we do a new one every single week. So I hope you will listen to it. Just search it on your computer or wherever you listen to podcasts. It is available and it is absolutely free. All right, we're listening to The Six Shooter with James Stewart. November 29, 1953, here is the conclusion. Sheriff Billy was young, all right, but he didn't walk young, and he didn't swagger. He just moved ahead like a man who knew where he was going. Of course, being a few years older wouldn't have done him any harm, especially if he was going to tangle with Ben Reed. And Well... Well, there, there didn't seem to be any reason for me to miss all the excitement, so I started off in the direction of the gambling hall. If young Bill didn't know what he was doing, well, he, he'd soon find out. Ben Reed was sitting at a poker table dealing the cards. He didn't even look up when Bill came over and stood beside him. But Ben knew somebody was there, and he knew whoever it was was wearing a star. He laid the deck of cards on the table and he rested his left hand on his knee. Gee whiz, I sure hope Billy knew that Ben was left-handed. Your name's Reed? Ben Reed? You talking to me? I asked if you're Ben Reed. Yeah, I'm Reed broke out of jail over at Fort Lyon. Don't look like I'm still there, does it, Sonny? And you're going back. Oh. You're under arrest. I heard this town got themselves a new sheriff. Some youngster wasn't even dry behind the ears. Get on your feet. Sure. You know, most fellas your age never have a lot to live for. They'd be sort of careful who they started ordering around. But uh, maybe you're different. Maybe I am. What's your name, kid? Just for the record, I always like to know a man's name before I... before there's any trouble. Bill Riddle. Sheriff Bill Riddle. Give me a gun, Reed. I said, give me a gun. For a couple of minutes, they stood there, not moving, staring at each other. And Ben Reed's left hand slid down his hip a couple inches. And in spite of myself, I found my own hand going for my holster. And then Ben's fingers stopped. And I, I, I couldn't believe my eyes. He unbuckled his gun belt and let it drop on the floor. Well, I guess the only person in that room who wasn't surprised was Billy. He just picked up those guns. He nodded to the door. Ben didn't even look back. He marched right out into the street and Billy behind him. Uh, it was a minute or so before it sank in just what had happened. Sheriff Billy Riddle had arrested Ben Reed without even drawing his gun. Two o'clock that Sunday afternoon, the snow started coming down again. Big, 
real big, heavy snow. So I left Scar at the livery stable and got myself a room at Mrs. Kramer's boarding house. Yeah, I sure didn't like the idea of going out for supper, but Mrs. Kramer said that she didn't fix food on Sunday nights. She, she was lead soprano in the church choir, and rain or snow, she had to be there for the evening service. There wasn't anybody else who could carry the melody. So I put on just about all the clothes I had with me and headed for Cotton White's Cafe. Howdy, Mr. Bonson. Oh, sure oh. is coming down, ain't it? Yeah. We don't yeah. usually get a big snow like this before January or That's maybe so. February. Mm -hmm. It seems like the weather's changing. I wonder what's causing it. I don't know, Cotton. No, no. Well, I, I was afraid you might be closed. No, I would be, except for these lunches I'm packing. Hmm? Yeah, the sheriff caught me just as I was locking the door. Oh? The idea of leaving for Fort Lyon in a blizzard like this. Fort Lyon? That's where he says he's going. Well, what for? He wants to turn Ben Reed over to the marshal there. He sure is in a big hurry to get rid of him for some reason. This don't make sense. Hmm. Uh, like as not, they'll never make it to Lyon, any one of them. But Billy says they're starting tonight, so... Ah, yeah. uh, well, now that Oh, I'll just run these over to jail. You can pour yourself a cup of coffee, Mr. Ponson. I'll be right back. Well, why not let me take them over for you, Carter? See, I'm, I'm all bundled up and everything. Oh, of course not, Mr. Ponson. No trouble, no trouble. Besides, I'd kind of like to have a talk with Bill before he leaves town. Well, if you're sure. And, and don't stay open for me. I'll just get a cup of coffee from Mrs. Cramer. That, 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 that's all I wanted anyway. Good night. Good night, Mr. Ponson. Thanks for bringing them over, Mr. Ponson. Good night. Hey, Billy, hmm? you, uh, you serious about striking out for Fort Lyon tonight? Yeah. Well, it looks to me like he's as safe here as he would be anywhere else. Guess he don't appreciate my company. That's right. I don't. Uh-huh. Well, you're the sheriff. Yeah. You know, Fort Lyon's a two-day ride in good weather. You know, no telling how long it'll take you to get in a storm like this. Don't worry about that. Hmm. Was something happened, Billy? I don't know what you mean. Well, I... I guess it's none of my business, whatever it is. No, it isn't. Mm hmm Um, sorry, Mr. Ponsett, I... Oh, what's the use? Somebody will find out sooner or later... I'm not taking him to Fort Lyon. As soon as we get out of town, I'm going to turn him loose. What? And I'm not coming back to Dawson. I'm going home to Georgia, where I belong. Well, I suppose you've got your reasons. I told you. I only came out here to find my father. And I told you this was my lucky day. I found him. Of course, he wasn't quite what I expected. He's a thief, an outlaw, and a killer. You mean Reed? You knew it too, didn't you? No. No, I didn't know anything of the kind. Well, you must have guessed it then. When they let me take him without lifting a finger to stop me, 
You said yourself he was fast with a gun. Well, that's, I said that's what I heard. But the fact a man lets another man arrest him, well, that doesn't necessarily prove kinship. I, I got the proof. Right here. What? Yeah. Well, well, that's a mighty pretty locket. Open it up. What? Go on, open it. That's my mother's picture when she was a girl. It's copied from a picture that hangs in our parlor back home. And he was carrying it fastened to his gun belt. That's all, Reed? His name isn't Reed. It's Blake Riddle. He's loco, Ponson. Ask anybody. I'm Ben Reed. I always have been. You're a fool to lie about it. If you weren't Blake Riddle, you'd be going to prison. I've been in prison before. And because you think he's your father, you're going to turn him loose. Is that it, Billy? I don't care about him or anything that happens to him. But she loved him once. At least she must have thought she did. And afterwards, you're getting out of town, huh? I don't reckon Dawson would have much use for a sheriff who was Ben Reed's kid. Well, they wouldn't have to know. I'd know it. I'd always know it. Even if they didn't. Well, the town was mighty proud of you, Billy. Well, at least I won't be the first lawman who couldn't hang on to Ben Reed. No. No, no, that's true enough. It just seems to me you're acting on mighty flimsy evidence. It seems to me there's a lot of ways a man could get a hold of a locket like this one. Now, it wouldn't necessarily follow that he really belongs to him. Of course, if Reed says it's his... I ain't said that. He never asked me. I didn't have to ask Well, what about it, Reed? Where'd you get it? I had it so long, I almost forgot. Yeah. But it all come back to me when you was making such a fuss. <laughs> Never thought a piece of junk like that had caused so much stir. Go on. I, I, I found it. Well, it must be about 15 years ago now, maybe more. I was down around Phoenix, a little town named uh, Court City. There were some other boys with me, and... Folks sort of got the idea we'd held up the bank, come looking for us with a posse. Well, there was a couple hours of shooting, and afterwards the posse went back without us. Those that were still alive, that is. What's all this got to do with Well, let him finish, Bill. Well, we, we uh, went out to look at the bodies, you know, just to make sure the fellas were dead. One of them was carrying that locket, so I... Uh... Are you trying to say you killed my father? I don't know who killed him, not for certain. We was all shooting... I, I suppose it could have been me. You're lying, you're lying. Well, why should he lie? If it's the truth, why did he keep that locket? Wasn't worth anything. Didn't have any value. Well, why did he keep it? I, I'll tell you, kid. When when I opened it up and looked at it, I, I said to myself, now, now, she's pretty nice looking. So I thought seeing as how the fellow who was carrying the locket was sort of out of action and... Maybe someday I might run into the woman in person having her picture. It sort of uh, give me an excuse. You to... filthy rotten. I'd kill you. I'd kill you with my bare hands. Billy, Billy, get hold of yourself. How now, could I on. ever have thought that a dirty, rotten killer would be my own? I must have been crazy, plumb crazy. You sure were. <laughs> the idea of a kid of mine turned out to be a sheriff. <laughs> took Billy Riddle a little while to simmer down. When he finally did, he changed his mind about going to Fort Lyon. He decided to wait until the storm had died down until he was sure of delivering the prisoner. Reed didn't say anything, not another word. Not until Bill went out back to get some wood for the 
pot-bellied stove. Why are you looking at me like that, Ponson? You didn't believe me, did you? Not entirely, Reed. No, not entirely. Why not? Well, for one thing, I... I was in Court City when you robbed that bank, and it wasn't 15 years ago, it was about four years ago. And the posse that went out after you, well, they didn't even get close to you. They came back, and all of them hadn't fired a shot. Well... And there was another, uh, I think you would call it discrepancy. What's that? I knew all those boys in that posse, and none of them was named Riddle. Well, one thing was true enough. The important thing. Oh? His father is dead. And I killed him. What? Twenty years ago, when his mother went off and left me, when she wouldn't come back, when she wouldn't even answer my letters. That's when I killed the man his father had been. I didn't think I had anything to live for. I didn't think I'd ever see Billy. I didn't think I'd ever see him as long as I lived. That's when I turned outlaw and became Ben Reed. That's when I killed Blake Riddle. Mm hmm. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. But as far as I'm concerned, there's a lot more of Blake Riddle here tonight than there is of Ben Reed. At least that's what occurs to me. Well, it was a couple of days before that storm let up and Sheriff Billy could take him over to the marshal at Fort Lyon. And he got him there, too. No trouble at all. Of course, a lot of folks said that afterwards Ben Reed would just break out of jail again like he always had before, but... You know, so far he hasn't even tried to. It's, uh, people just don't understand it. He, he's... Uh, now, he, he's practically a model prisoner. <clears throat> the Six Shooter is an NBC Radio Network production in association with Review Productions. It is based on a character created by Frank Burt and the transcribed story is written by him. Mr. Stewart may currently be seen in the Universal International picture, The Glenn Miller Story. Others in the cast were James McCallion, Ken Christie, Howard McNear, and Alan Reed. Special music for this program was by Basil Adlam, and the entire production is under the direction of Jack Johnstone. All characters and incidents were fictitious, and any resemblance to actual characters or incidents is purely coincidental. This is Hal Gibney speaking. Tonight, hear Frederick March and Florence Eldridge in the NBC Star Playhouse on the NBC Radio Network. That's the six-shooter, Lisa, with Sheriff Bill Brittle. <laughs> Can I, I'm going to do the rest of the show. It's sh hard to read and speak at the same time. I'm James Stewart here. <laughs> we weren't sure. How is that? 
We weren't sure who a, you were, but I'm glad you told us. Cause I mean, it's one of my, not, not one of my better ones, but I mean, is it passable? Would you, would you know who I'm talking about? Absolutely. All right. November 29th, 1953. Kinda. That's uh, the sixth shooter, James Stewart. Alan Reed was like the bad guy there. Yeah. He, of course, Alan Reed played Fred Flintstone uh, in the cartoons, the Hanna-Barbera. Oh, yeah, Bar- we were just saying he Hanna-Barbera. Right, we, he had no idea what was coming about 10 no. or so years later. Exactly. Uh, Hal Gibney announcing Howard McNear in the cast. Hope you enjoyed that time for this month in music history. And we're going to do the best of the 1960s with this song. You know that it would the Doors. Huh? Yes. I always know the band. Right, I was going to say the band always comes to Light My first. Fire. Light My Fire. Carl. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> released in 1967 and of course remember they performed live on the Ed Sullivan show yeah and they were asked to change the line girl we couldn't get much higher to uh, girl we couldn't get much better but and they did alas they did not <laughs> no <laughs> I don't think Jim Morrison was listening to Ed Sullivan you know he's probably like listen I'm I'm, I'm Jim Morrison. I'm, I'm the lead singer of The Doors. <laughs> well, Don't he, tell me what to do. He was a rebel of the 1960s. That's for sure. <laughs> All right, thanks, Lisa Wolf. Sure. More of Hollywood 360 after this short break. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. In our next hour, Lisa, we are going to listen to one of the most interesting radio shows you've ever heard. I'm telling you. It's Ray Bradbury's sci-fi terror episode called Zero Hour on Suspense. Going back to 1955, you will not want to miss this radio show. We also need a caller, right? That's right. We're going to play Beat the Host, and it's all about Bing Crosby. Ba 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 Bing so, Crosby. So uh, if you know a thing or two, or even if you don't, yeah. we're happy to have you play the game, be on the air, win a prize. It's all true or false, so it's uh, yeah, easy I mean, it's peasy. true or false, folks. So, I mean, come uh, on. It's 50%. You know, 50-50. Carl usually gets them wrong, so there you go. Give us a call, 312-642-5600. Caller number 9. 312-642-5600. Call and play the game. See you soon. Hey everybody, Jared Sebesti, your host of Retire Repurposed. This podcast is dedicated to help people transition into fulfilling and purposeful retirements. Retirement is a big life change. In fact, the two most dangerous years of a person's life are the year they were born and the year they retire. Few people could just flip the switch from working a career 30 or 40 plus years retiring on Friday without methodical steps to living what we call a repurposed retirement. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.